Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, June 5th, 5.30 a.m. Central Time. July corn futures down two and a half at 606 and a half. December corn up two and a half at 543 and three quarters. July soybeans down two and a half at 1350. November soybeans unchanged at 1183 and three quarters. July Chicago wheat up two and a quarter at 621 and a quarter. July Kansas City wheat up five at 817 and a quarter. July spring wheat up four and three quarters at 812 and a half. Uh, Mackenzie, why don't we start off with the weather this morning? Hot topic is always this time of year. Of course, the U.S. Corn Belt will stay mostly dry for another seven days. Some modest rains may return to parts of Iowa, Missouri, and the Plains this week, but still the vast majority of U.S. corn areas will stay on the dry side. Extended weather models continue to indicate that rain will return to the Corn Belt around June 14th. Extended forecasts also include a shift to below normal temperatures. This potential rain event at mid-month is a big factor in regard to corn and soybean price action. Yep, this is the deal. When it comes to prices and price action, we're kind of in the midst of some sort of crop scare event right now. And uh, as it was last week, you know, the forecast coming in to start the week is is not changed uh, very much at all. The general idea here is that, yeah, we're going to be mostly dry for another seven to 10 days. No big sweeping event. Uh, there was some rain over the weekend. A lot of, um, say, parts of Kansas, Nebraska, um, Oklahoma, into Texas saw some material rains over the weekend. And then there was some spotty stuff throughout the Corn Belt, but not any big sweeping system. But I think the market right now, corn prices in particular, are probably riding on whether or not this system uh, comes in June 14th and after. And now you're, you're talking 10 days out. That stuff is not necessarily super reliable. This GFS, it's updated four times a day. It flip-flops almost every single time. So I think that's kind of what we're riding on right now. I mean, aside from a uh, bullish weather situation or a situation in which corn yields are decreased by a material amount, um, if you're a bull in the corn market, I don't know that you have much else to hang your hat on. Um, there's not really much here in terms of demand. Exports are bad. Ethanol production's not where it needs to be. There's some questions regarding feed demand. Um, we're still overpriced on the export market. So yeah, weather is going to be the deal and specifically this rain event that may or may not occur around um, June 14th. So if you guys are not already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, tell me about what we've been putting out recently. Every Sunday in June and through most of July, we do a pre-open weather update. It comes out at about 6 p.m. Central before the markets open. This is a very quick, like four or five minute video where I run through uh, Friday's forecast versus the Sunday forecast. Was there a big shift in the models or was there not? And if so, what does it mean for price action? We know that these weekend forecasts are a big deal this time of year. So we do put these videos out on Sundays um, every single week during June and July. And then last week also, uh, Chris Barron from AgView Solutions was on with me, and we talked about 2024 corn and soybean budgets. There's actually some good news here in terms of production costs, and uh, Chris made a free tool available to you guys, uh, to the premium subscribers, for anybody who wanted to uh, try to punch in their production costs and compare uh, year over year. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, go to www.standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning with your credit card. It takes about one minute on your phone or computer. Um, we'll send you all the uh, recent videos over and uh, you can jump on the text message list all that stuff so uh, check that out this morning guys 
Large money managers have reduced their net short position in the corn market. CFTC released weekly commitment of trader, traders data on Friday. During the week ending May 20th, the funds were net buyers of 51,000 contracts of corn. They were also net buyers of 2,000 contracts of soybeans. The funds were net sellers of 6,000 contracts of SRW wheat for the week. In all likelihood, you saw some fund buying after the reporting period late last week. So as of Friday's close, this net uh, short position in the corn market, they're probably still net short corn, but it may only be 35 or 40,000 contracts. Uh, funds are probably net long closer to 10,000 contracts of soybeans real time and probably still net short 120,000 contracts of SRW wheat in real time. So the positions have changed a little bit. But again, the, the big take home here is that, you know, there was a time not that long ago where the funds were very heavily long row crops. And now you're you're just kind of a, a mixed bag here and a big short in SRW wheat. So the sentiment um, among large money managers, even with this uh, weather stuff we've got going on, it's uh, really shifted in the, in the other direction. U.S. corn export sales continue to struggle. Net corn sales of 186,700 metric tons for the current marketing year were down noticeably from the previous week and from the prior four-week average. Accumulated corn sales for the current marketing year are down 36% compared to the same period last year. Net soybean sales of 123,400 metric tons for the current marketing year were up 7% from the previous week and 16% from the prior four-week average. Wheat net sales reductions of 210,500 metric tons for the current marketing year, which is a marketing year low, were up noticeably from the previous week, but down noticeably from the prior four-week average. Okay, so nothing good to speak of here. Um, as I mentioned earlier, U.S. corn is overpriced on the export market. U.S. soybeans are overpriced on the export market. Um, there's really just, I don't have any anything nice to say about demand for anything. The only bright spot would be soybean crush. Um, your soybean crush continues to uh, set records uh, in some of the recent months, and you're going to continue to see that as we expand crush capacity in the United States. But on the export front, we're not doing anything that looks real friendly um, at all, and this is kind of a, a bearish headwind. And I know that given price action the last several days, and in, in row crops especially, you wouldn't uh, notice that necessarily. But um, again, that's that's a weather deal. The, uh, the demand stuff is still very much a, a big-time problem, I think. A strong employment report. Excuse me. A strong employment report and the Senate passing the debt ceiling bill caused stocks to jump on Friday. The Dow Jones saw its biggest daily gain in points since the end of November. The S&P 500 ended just below the point at which it needs to reach to exit its bear market. The employment report showed the U.S. economy added 339,000 jobs in May, surpassing Wall Street's expectation of 190,000. The report also also showed that the unemployment rate rose by 3.7%, leading many investors to believe the Fed may hold off on raising interest rates this month. Yeah, I'm still looking for the recession and I don't see it. Um, here's your S&P 500 chart. Um, I've got my wall of worry here again. So it's uh, acted really well since it bottomed out here. Um, this low, if you guys are watching, this was, I believe, October of last year. And we peaked, I think it was August of last year at about 4,300 in the S&P. That could be a big level uh, to watch if, if you're watching the stock market at all. But this thing has outperformed a lot of expectations. The S&P is up 11.5% year to date. Uh, the S&P is a much better indicator of, of the stock 
stock market, guys. The Dow is only 30 stocks. I know everybody likes to watch the Dow and the point changes, but the S&P is the uh, uh, bigger deal to pay attention to. In regard to the Fed, there is now a 78% chance of no hike on June 14th. So that's an additional uh, positive for the equity market, certainly. Saudi Arabia announced it will cut 1 million barrels of oil per day in July on top of a broader OPEC plus deal to limit supply until the end of 2024. The decision was made during a contentious OPEC plus production meeting in Vienna over the weekend. The cut will drop Saudi Arabia's output back to 9 million barrels per day, the biggest reduction in years. In the short term, the cut may help boost oil prices, but analysts expect prices to continue to trend lower due to a declining global economy. Brent crude is down about 20% since OPEC Plus first announced a major cut of 2 million barrels per day back in October. So WTI futures are $1.30 higher this morning, and they were uh, substantially higher than that even at one point last night. So these higher crude prices just in the last couple of days that's a positive for just the commodity complex in general. If you get crude to fall to like 40 bucks, that's not a good thing for uh, the corn market, the soybean market, whatever. So I'd say that overall, uh, the crude thing, higher crude trade paired with the strong stock market, if anything, that's uh, it's it's a positive thing for the grain markets. It's not going to be a make or break deal, but uh, it's, it's certainly helpful. Cattle had um, a hell of a week last week. Yeah, they sure did, to say it lightly. Um, feeder cattle futures closed an average of 832 higher last week. Live cattle futures closed an average of six, $6.12 higher. Fat cattle in the north traded between 185 and 188. That was up 3 to $5 higher on the week. In the south, fat cattle traded from 175 to 180. That was 4 to $9 higher than the previous week. Box beef had a pretty darn good day on Friday. Choice box beef was up 349, ending the day at 309.93, and select was up 461, ending Friday at 290.93. So people in the cattle business are selling cash cattle at the highest prices that they've ever seen in their lives, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty darn good. And that's one more point I wanted to make. Through Thursday, the five area direct weighted average fed steer price was $3.64 higher week over week, landing at 181.35. This is the third highest average weekly reading on record. Um, so we're reaching points, you know, we haven't seen since 2013, 2014, mm -hmm. when we saw those record prices. Crazy stuff. Outside markets this morning, guys, US dollars up a little bit. Stock markets mixed to higher. Uh, bonds are off a little bit. Gold's down 10 bucks. Crude oil up $1.34 at 73.08 in the July WTI, and that's about two bucks off the overnight highs. Everybody have a great day today. Uh, we'll talk to you on Tuesday.